This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. Before we get into today's episode, I have to bring up something. I have to do a little bit of housekeeping because I have been telling you guys about my Revivify program coming out in January of 2020. I've had people joining the waitlist and I've had people emailing me recently and I, I've got to give you an update here. I am still working behind the scenes. I'm about to update the website, Revivify. It's coming, but it's going to be a little later. Sadly, well, not sadly, because it's great, because I'm working on some great stuff and it's just taking longer than I anticipated, which I've got to own is one of my issues. I always think I can get more done in a shorter period of time than I can. I want to um, over-deliver and that has resulted in one heck of a time crunch. So Revivify is going to be opening again closer to mid to late February. I'm gonna keep you updated on that. And for those of you who have gone to my website, you've joined the Revivify waitlist, I'm gonna do something special for you. I don't know what it is yet. It may be a discount, it may be an extra bonus, but I'm going to do something for you because I appreciate you waiting. I appreciate your patience. I know you wanna get into this program and you're at a place where you're ready to do some work on your recovery and I wanna be there for you, but I also want you to have an excellent experience. And so it's coming, I'm working diligently, I promise you. And if you go to the website, lauralummer.com, you get on the Revivify list, anybody who's on that list when the course opens, I'm gonna have a special surprise for you because I've made you wait longer than I said I would, okay? So I just wanted to put that out there. And then we're gonna jump right into this episode because I think it's a really great one. So I wanna start off with a little story. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, my sister called to tell me that her daughter, my 12-year-old niece, and her friends wanted help baking cupcakes. They wanted to set up a cupcake stand on the corner of their street to raise money to help me with treatment costs. It's really hard for me to even say this, wow. So not only was that the sweetest thing ever, but a local news channel showed up, they talked to the girls, they sold dozens of cupcakes, they had a great time, and it meant a lot. My mom and dad, they paid someone to come and clean my house. My sister had saved the Tata's bracelets made, and my family and my Bunko team, everyone sold them because they wanted to help me financially with my treatments and my prescription drug costs. People I worked with offered to cook for me. They left cards and notes and little inspirational healing knickknacks in my mailbox. My sister took me to chemotherapy. My friends came over and honestly just laid in bed next to me after my treatments. And this is a short list of the amazing things that happened while I was being treated for breast cancer because there was so much support and so much 
generosity that was so graciously extended to me throughout my treatment that it would literally take an entire podcast for me to talk about everything. Now, most of the time I had no idea that people were doing what they were doing until the act was already done. Sometimes people asked me what they could do to support me and I'd say, I'm good. I just appreciate you asking because I knew something from personal experience. I knew the helplessness of caring about someone who had cancer. I knew the fear of worrying about losing that person. And I knew the awful feeling of being turned away when you wanted to extend yourself and be there for them. I believe, I know that I flourished because in great part of all the love that was poured out to me, because that love was so healing during everything I was going through. Now, would I have been fine without the fundraisers and the food drop-offs? Yeah, yes, of course I would have. I would have made everything work and anyone who knows me knew that. But I knew that they weren't worried I was going to go hungry or I was going to go broke. I knew that everything each one of them did was just their way of saying, I love you. It was something that helped ease their worry because what they really wanted to do was to make me well again. And that was not something that was within their power. I knew that if I turned them away, even when I was super tired, it would be like someone reaching out to give me a hug and me turning my back and walking away from them. And don't misunderstand, I, I of course had healthy boundaries. I took time to rest when I needed it. And I did let people know if I was too tired and I needed rest. And everyone respected those boundaries and they completely understood because they didn't want to overwhelm me. They wanted to love on me. And I tell you this because just as we don't go back to normal after treatment, neither do our loved ones. When my brother had testicular cancer, we didn't have cell phones. So every time the phone rang, I didn't know who was on the other end of it. And I was terrified to pick it up. I was afraid of what I was going to hear. And yet all I could do was wait by the damn phone for every update from a checkup, from the treatment, from a visit of another family member. And years after I lost him, I got another horrible phone call from my youngest sister that she had cancer. And now I knew up close and personal what that meant because I had already survived cancer. Of course, I wanted to fix it for her. And of course, I couldn't. So I tried to be there in every way I could, including just to give her space and time to process. Because respecting that need to absorb what's going on is also a supportive act. And I'm telling you all this now because when you're healing after cancer, it's not just your body, your mind, your spirit that needs to heal, but it's your loved ones that need to heal too. Our loved ones mirror our process. When we're diagnosed and afraid, so are they. When we want to deny what's happening and talk about it as little as possible, we shut them down too. Or sometimes we just shut them out. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that these things happen. If we feel sad and scared and victimized, 
They want to protect us. One time I was on the phone with a newly diagnosed woman and she was absolutely terrified by her diagnosis. She could not understand why this was happening to her. She was in this thought process of, I was a good person, I did all the right things. And she was so upset that she became hysterical. She literally could not speak coherently. And I felt awful. It was not a good situation. We were on the phone, so it was really difficult to get her to listen to me. And as she became more and more upset, I couldn't talk over her and I certainly wasn't going to hang up on her. So I just waited and I, I tried to reassure her. And then after a few minutes, her husband came into the room and clearly saw how upset she was. He took the phone from her he, and he got on the phone with me and he demanded to know, like, what are you telling her? I'd never met the man before. I had no idea who he was. And he just picked up the phone and he said, what are you saying to my wife? He wanted to know what I was doing to upset her. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. But I knew that he was terrified too. And that he just wanted to protect her. He had no idea what was going on. Fortunately, I was able to talk with him and we were able to calm her down and get her a referral to a social worker where she was being treated so that she could get the care that she needed. But the point of that story is that he was going through this too. He was suffering and he was scared right along with her. Now, if you follow me on social media, on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see that I posted a story this week and I was talking about a gentleman who had purchased my online course previously. And he purchased the course because he wanted to learn everything he could to be able to support his wife. And I, I posted that story about him because I wanted to bring some awareness to these, these champions. I call them our champions. They're our support people. These people are our champions. They want us to survive. They want us to thrive. They want to make everything okay and support us in any way they can. They have our backs, but they also have a very heavy burden. And this show is about how we can help bridge that gap with them after treatment, how we can support our champions in their healing while we're healing too. So we're going to take a look at that barrier that's often created between us and our champions when we're going through cancer treatment and the actions we need to take to help them along the healing process with us afterwards. Because we love them too, and we have to recognize their pain and their fear so we can heal together. So after working with lots of cancer survivors, here is my completely unscientific theory of what happens after treatment and how what we're going through impacts the people around us. So I've seen basically four general perspectives when I work with survivors. And I think I've talked about this on another show briefly. I call the first group of survivors the searchers. These women are desperately searching for an answer to why. Why did this happen to me? What can I do to change it? What does the research say? Did my doctors do the right thing? It's just why and what, and it's just they they cannot process that this wasn't their fault. They need to know this answer. And it's a tough spot to be in because it's loaded with fear and it keeps you very, very stuck. If all of your energy is going into what went wrong in the past, 
it's really hard to let that shit go and move forward with your life. If you find yourself here, your loved ones will generally feel very protective. They want to guard you and reassure you. And your relationships can even shift because they're so worried for you. They want to take care of you, but they also want to move forward to life after cancer. And you're having a tough time doing anything but looking back. And again, this is said completely without judgment. I just want to make you aware of my observations. Because if this is where you are, then it's just where you are. It's just that I want to bring some awareness to this so that you can recognize maybe what's happening and be able to move forward a little bit. The second perspective I see is that of a victim. The thoughts here are, I am powerless. I am a victim of the universe of cancer. There's nothing I can do. I can't help myself. I already did all the right things and this should happen anyway. And it's probably going to happen again. You may hear yourself saying things like, I had the worst kind of cancer. Mine is the hardest kind to treat. Mine always comes back. Uh, other similar statements to that. This perspective is also deeply rooted in fear. And guess how your champions feel when you're in this place? Freaking terrified. They're super afraid. When they see you feeling powerless and convinced of unfavorable statistics, they're scared. That is scary. It's scary language. They probably will never tell you how scared they are because they don't want you to think they're not being supportive. And let's face it, when you're the one who didn't have cancer, it's hard to understand. You're concerned about saying the right thing, saying the wrong thing, not seeming supportive, um, undermining someone's hope. And you're going to try to be strong for that person that you love. Now, in both of these situations, you need two things to help you and your loved one move past this fear and this feeling of being stuck. As the survivor, you need to work on your perspective. You didn't come this far to live in fear. So you need to start with the end in mind, meaning that decide on the life you want to lead and then begin to learn and seek out the support that will help you behave like that person. Spend some time educating yourself on positive statistics and behaviors. Look for ways to climb out of that feeling of powerlessness and find small ways to feel empowered over your health or to change the thoughts that are keeping you in this place. When you do that, you can give your champions what they need to feel safer too, and that is compassion. When you feel stronger and more empowered, you're more able to listen to their fears and understand their feelings of protectiveness and maybe even overprotectiveness and fear. In fact, talking together about the fear and the powerlessness that you both feel can actually help you to get on the same page and work together to support each other in thinking and behaving in healthier ways. A third perspective I see mostly from a distance because these ladies are hesitant to work on anything after treatment. These are my deniers. They don't want to explore how they feel about what's happening. 
They don't want anyone else to act like anything has changed. They just want to cut this out. No pictures, no posts, no talking. Let's move on. And I get that. I totally get that. But the fact is something did happen. Something is happening. And it's still scary to those around you. Only now they really don't know what the heck to do. Should they tell you they're scared? Will that bring you down? Can they tell you that they want to support you? Will that piss you off? Basically, they feel like they have to ignore their own feelings too because you don't want to talk about it. And that can result in a lot of distance in relationships. But not just between you and your loved ones, whether they're friends or family, but it can really result in distance between you and your own body. It can result in a lack of attention to what is affecting you how you're feeling about things and following up or calling attention to the things that happen in a body after cancer that may need to be followed up on. And again, this is a fear-based place and it can result in that person who wants to be your champion feeling isolated and frustrated. Now the fourth type of perspective I see are what I call transformers. They're the women who come out of a treatment with an energy and a passion to take on the world. They feel a need to give back or create something or pursue something that they've put off for too long. These women instill confidence in their champions. And for that reason, they're met with a lot of support and encouragement, which is awesome. But now here's the interesting thing. So in my very simple explanation, I just told you about how these perspectives can look when they match. But that's not how it always works. What if you're a denier and your loved one is in protector mode? Or you're a transformer and your loved one is in ignoring mode? Any combination of these conflicting perspectives can cause some real problems in friendships, in parent-child relationships, in romantic relationships. So what can you do to facilitate healing? Well, the first step is to recognize that your loved one has been traumatized too. Not in the same way as you, but they've still been through an extremely difficult experience. Acknowledge that position of powerlessness that they have had to fill. And share your honest feelings of your own powerlessness. That's actually a really common bond that we share with our loved ones, and we often don't recognize or talk about it. A lot of growth can come from having that conversation alone. We feel powerless over what cancer has done to us and the treatments we have to undergo because of it, and they feel powerless because they have to watch it, and there's nothing they can do. That's a horrible feeling. If you're listening to me and you have someone you love, a friend or a family, and you've had to watch them go through cancer too, I know you've heard me say this before. You may or may not share the same perspective with me, but I would rather take on cancer anytime than watch someone I love have to go through it. It's so hard. It's such a horrible, helpless position to be in. So... Recognizing that and talking about that powerlessness can be really healing for both of you. Approach your interactions with your champions with the same compassion you want to be approached with and recognize that it's okay for you to be in different places in the healing process. 
and that you might each trade off taking the lead to move forward or find more support. You know, you may have to pull each other along. If it's a spousal situation, like someone may have a harder time getting past a point. If it's a parent-child relationship, you might have to kind of bring them with you. When I was going through chemo, my youngest son, he was 12 years old, and it was very clear that he was avoiding me. We had always been, and we still are, very close. But once I lost my hair, he suddenly wanted to spend a lot more time at his dad's house. We, his dad and I were divorced. He didn't want to cuddle up with me, to watch movies, and I knew that the way that I looked scared him. And not in the sense of, I'm a scary-looking person, I mean, well, maybe it was, I was a little scary looking, but it scared him because he thought that's how sick people look before they died. And it was a very fearful space for him to be in. And so that can carry on even after we live through treatment, friends and family sometimes remain distant because they're trying to shield themselves from that fear of loss. It's a scary place to be. And it's not personal. It's not, I don't care about you. It's not, I don't want to be there for you. It is truly that they don't understand. So step two in helping to bridge that gap is education. People who have not had cancer usually think it's a death sentence because it was for so long, but that's just not true anymore. And if you're noticing distance in your loved ones and your friends, they might need you to help them understand that. And I know you might be thinking, why do I have to understand it? I've, why do I have to be the one to help? I've already been through so much. But that's just the way it is. We have to help people understand that it's okay. We have to be compassionate towards their fears. Eleanor Roosevelt said, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. And I'll add to that by saying, you gain closeness with those you love when you share your fears and you look at them together. I believe that the healing that has to take place between you and your support person or your support people is so critical that I built it into my Revivify program because it's real and it needs to be acknowledged. We're not in this alone. We didn't go through it alone and we're not moving past it alone. And it can be really tough to work through because I mean, this is, you know, what is 20 minute, half an hour podcast. So this is just a cursory understanding of this really complicated dynamic that can be happening between you and your champion, your support person or people. It may not be everyone around you. There may be just special close people that you really need to work out those relationships with and come through this together. Because after all you've been through, you often have to be that one to take the lead in changing people's perspectives of your ability to thrive. Acknowledging the fear and closing the gap by being supportive and compassionate toward their experience. And educating yourself and your loved one so you can move forward purposefully and intentionally in your lives. It's not unusual for me to hear women say that they feel distant or misunderstood after cancer treatment. And I say, of course you do. No one can know that experience. No one can understand what it truly is unless they've been through it. When my brother had cancer, it was awful. I was worried. 
I hated seeing him suffer. But when my sister had cancer, I had already been a survivor, so I could identify with her on a completely different level. So think about that and consider how you can manage your own expectations of the behaviors and the responses of the people who support you in the best way they know how with their limited experience. If you want to connect with other survivors, find the Breast Cancer Recovery Group on Facebook and join us. Introduce yourself and hear from other survivors who do get it and who can help you heal yourself and create stronger champions along the way. Because ladies, we are truly, truly, truly stronger together. We get it, those of us who have survived in a way that no one else can. And there's just a very unique and very special bond that I have experienced that survivors have when we come together. So reach out, find the Breast Cancer Recovery Group, get into the group and talk about the things that you're going through to support you in your healing. You can also come to find me on Facebook as Laura Lummer. You can download my free guide, Four Steps to Healing After Breast Cancer. You can find that on my website, lauralummer.com. And of course, subscribe to this podcast so you never have to miss an episode. And you can email me if there are things that you want to hear about. You can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me as the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. And let me know what you think about that. Let me know what you think about healing along with your champion, with your support person, and how you can get your arms around that idea so that when you move past breast cancer, you can grow from that and you can help the people around you so that you can also have stronger champions supporting you in creating the life that you want to live. Well, I look forward to it. So come and find me, DM me, let me know your thoughts, and let's see how we can together grow stronger support systems around us. And I'll talk to you again next week. You've put your courage to the test Laid all your doubts to rest Your mind is clearer than before Your heart is full and wanting more Your future's at the door Give it all